Hello, this is Ruku from the Group Chat Podcast. Stop what you're doing right now. Have you followed the official Twitter account? Make sure you do. It's We Are GC Podcast. And have you followed the SoundCloud or subscribed to the iTunes? If you listen on iTunes, make sure you leave a review. Only five-star ones. If you're trying to give a one-star one, keep it to yourself. Other than that, it's episode three of the Group Chat Podcast. Enjoy. So welcome to episode three of the Group Chat Podcast with me, your host, Ruku. Basically, I just want to say again, thank you so much for the support. Episode one and episode two have just been crazy. Like episode one has got almost 2,000 views. Episode two is almost on 1,000 views. So yeah, just keep supporting and this podcast is going to get bigger and better. If you haven't listened to the podcast already, make sure you do. What this podcast is here to show is that there are no restrictions to what we can achieve career-wise for young Muslims and also to inform and inspire different career fields. Today though, we have got a teacher on the podcast. I'm excited to say that it is a cousin of mine, my Borafa, but she wants to go by Sonia. Borafa actually just means big sister. So Sonia, how are you today? I'm great, thanks for having me. Welcome to the podcast. So Borafa, do you want to give a quick intro about yourself? My journey wasn't as conventional by Asian or Muslim standards. I took a gap year and ended up working in an investment bank for a year, then went to UCL, studied biomedical sciences, and then became a teacher in science. I remember you were the first one out of all of us to actually go uni and graduate. So you're actually a big inspiration for me. Oh, thank you. But you did it differently. So you took a gap year, and I'm sure people would be interested to know how that affected your university path as well. So did you take a gap year because you didn't get into your university or did you just take it to experience work? Uh, I had my place in medical school at UCL, but I just felt like I was too young. I just wasn't ready for university. And also prior to that, at the end of sixth form, I had a work placement at UBS, an investment bank. They offered me a job for a Mm -hmm. year. So I managed to defer my entry and stayed with it. It just wasn't the career for me. At UBS. And I, yeah, UBS. And I really, really wanted to go back, go to university. But it also made me realise that I also didn't want to do medicine. Mm-hmm. I did biomedical sciences instead. Yeah. Let's talk about UBS. Mm-hmm. You're the first person we've got on the podcast that has worked in a bank. For you, especially as a sister, hijab, everything, how was it working in that kind of environment? It was a learning curve for people around me. I not only was the first hijabi, but I was one of very few sisters Asians, just ethnics in general. general, Um, But it was fine. People weren't negative. They were curious. Mm -hmm. And I think there are questions and they do ask it. But it's about how you deal with it. They're not asking it in a horrible manner. They're not being disrespectful or rude. They genuinely want to know because they haven't come across Muslims or hijabis or ethnics in their life. But how are you? Were you more like open to questions or... Yeah, of course. That's mm. how you break boundaries. That's how you get them to understand who you are and mm-hmm. see that you're not some threat that they see in some sort of media narrative. Yeah. How did you get that placement in the first place though? It was a scheme that I applied for. Okay. A brokerage scheme. You finished your degree, alhamdulillah. But after that, why did you not go back into the financial industry? I came to contact with my line manager throughout, so I could have. Oh, you kept in contact, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While in my final year of university, I taught English to speakers of other languages, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed it. Some may say I find my calling. So, <laughs> so you found your calling in third year. Yeah, I, I just really enjoyed the teaching, yeah. but 
helping someone else understand something, that challenge of getting them mm -hmm. to understand what on earth you're trying to say to mm -hmm. them. That was it. Yeah. You chose to do a PGC. Mm -hmm. Yes. But did you know that, you know, pay was going to be completely different? Did you like list the pros and cons and you felt like, yes, te teaching is the way forward? Yeah, I am such a meticulous planner. Pro, con list, mm -hmm. looked up everything. As much as city life paid really well and it's a luxurious lifestyle, it didn't appeal to me. Mm. I hated what I did. It's mindless Excel spreadsheets and mindless meetings. Yeah. What was your actual role at UBS? Um, yeah. I worked in sales in front office okay. for derivatives, but I didn't enjoy it. And my yeah. perspective is your job is what you're doing for most of your time. Mm -hmm. It's got to be something you enjoy. Yeah, yeah. And I think my new mantra is if you don't see yourself doing it for five years, don't entertain it for five minutes. Ooh, that's a good one, you know. That is a good that one. That is a good one. Okay, so why did you choose to do a PGC instead of, say, Teach First? Well, both of them have their benefits. Um, teach First had the benefit of you being paid and you're more independent, you get the industrial placement and you're in that one school for mm -hmm. two years. Whereas for a PGC, which is what I went for, you're more supported by your university and I like the idea of having another another member of staff continuously in your lesson. Yeah. Yeah, they observe literally every lesson and they critique you for everything. But that's how you learn. And I wanted that. So that's only in the PGC where someone stays in your lesson? Yeah, you cannot be left on your own in the PGC. Whereas Ooh. Teach First and Schools Direct yeah. and a few other methods, you are on your own. Okay. So after you completed your PGC, you did your one year that and. NQT. NQT. So you've got that qualification. So yeah. now you're a legit teacher. But after that, you didn't continue teaching, did you? No, I left the profession. NQT is intense. And I definitely hated the intensity and the workload of it. Not only that, while I was at school and university, I did a lot of part-time media work. Yeah. And I just wanted to pursue that. Yeah. See where it led. So I worked... Oh, you've got a lot of interest for it. <laughs> Alright, so now all of a sudden, it's media. It's yeah? media. I worked for Disney for two years, on and off on different projects. Yeah. And while I wasn't working on a project, I did some supply work. Okay. What projects were you working on? I worked on Beauty and the Beast, Nutcracker, Mary Poppins. Yeah. What? When? So what, did you go to like the premiere and everything? I got to see a private view for Beauty and the Beast. Um, I worked in the studio, Pinewood Studios, for the others, yeah. because they were all in the same sort of studio, yeah. same company. Yeah. Disney has a tendency to keep staff on okay. if they worked well. Okay, so then on. now you've done that for how long? Almost two years. You did that for two years? Yeah. And then you felt... I missed teaching. No matter how intense the workload is, and it can be intense at times, what you do in the classroom is unparalleled. Those times, you do have difficult classes, but you see that difference made. Whether it's a girl who never spoke, was completely unconfident, and you brought her out of her shell. Mm -hmm. Or whether it's students who really struggle with a concept, and they get it. Something as basic as that. Yeah. It really does make a difference to you, and it's really rewarding. I'm getting inspired right now, man. I feel like changing so my now. profession. <laughs> <laughs> it is a noble profession. Mm -hmm. You've got to put your all in. If you are someone who isn't passionate, doesn't really like what they're doing, mm -hmm. you will hate every second of it. Yeah. And those are the people who drop out. By and large, most of the people who do teaching love what they do. Yeah. And that's why they stick it out. So what do you feel like are the main reasons why people get into teaching? The reasons why people get into teaching, ultimately, they want to make an impact on society. 
no two days are the same. So if you enjoy that challenge, working with people, if you're someone who's quite solitary, doesn't enjoy talking to people, then perhaps teaching is not for you, mm-hmm. which is one of the things I didn't like about investment banking. Whereas teaching, you are constantly working with people. Yeah. So investment banking, you felt was more Isolated. fight for yourself, yeah, dog definitely. dog kind of thing. But teaching is more of a team doing, effort. Yeah. So about the workload. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are asking, are wondering, do teachers really have it that tough? Like where you're working, say, nine to three, nine to four, and then you have to come back home and do marking and lesson planning. You know, is it like that, really? In essence, yes. But I think with any career path, when you first get a job, there's always that slump and the realisation of what your workload involves. Mm -hmm. Whether it's investment banking or anything, there is that stress. Because you've gone from university to a real career. Yeah. And yeah, teaching is difficult in your first couple of years because you're getting the ropes. You are in front of 30 kids constantly. If you slip up, they see it. Yeah. And they will tease you for it. (laughs) Yeah, they will rip you to shreds. So how do you deal with kids that push it? Are you a strict teacher? Yes. Do you have to be strict? Yeah, well, you have to have your expectations and manage them. I know there's a saying that never smile before Christmas. Smile as much as you like. Just have your expectations. What saying is that? No, don't smile before Christmas. So like, be really strict. Yeah, yeah. Because you'll have them knocked into place and then they'll be fine after Christmas anyway because you've got your rules set in. Oh, okay. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, but you've never been a teacher. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. But So you're harsh. I just think manage your expectations. If you're someone who is laid back you've got to have your rules otherwise mm. they'll be running all over the place yeah stick to those rules cool that's it kids will respect those boundaries eventually mm-hmm. and i think one of my final questions would be can you progress as a teacher so how hard is it to become because i know you're now second head second of, in charge of science second in charge of science well done to you mashallah so how did you get to that position? Did you have to work harder or did you just come naturally because you were good? There's no way to answer that without sounding arrogant now. Go on. No, just no, be, I, d- I'm, tell, tell, I'm give gen- some truths. I but... am a hard worker. I, I do work hard. There's no denying that. Mm-hmm. I applied for the position and I guess I was the best candidate. And actually, just going back to you were speaking about work-life balance... Do you feel like you still have time, even with lesson planning, even with marking, to have a life outside of work? Yeah, completely. I think, naturally, your first couple of years will be tough. You are getting the hang of what you're doing. Getting to grips with planning lessons, marking, and the school policy, the idea of teaching, and how you teach a concept. But it gets easier, as with all things. Like, now I've been doing it for a couple of years. I rarely work at home. I make a point of it. Mm-hmm. As long as you have those rules set up and protect those rules with your life, yeah, you'll be fine. Like so you've you just got to be like proper organized and disciplined. One hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, so you guys have asked some questions on Curious Cat, so I thought I'd go through some of those. Is that okay? I'm looking forward to them. Okay. Fire so, away. how do you deal with students with special needs? It depends on the need. Every school will have a special educational need document and policy. And if they are students with a special educational need, they will have an individual health plan. Mm -hmm. So telling you what they need. So I've got students who are in wheelchairs, students with visual impairments, hearing impairments, Down syndrome, behavioural issues, mental health issues. They all range. So there's Mm -hmm. no one solution to it. But how how do you like limit 
its impact on the whole class? It's just about planning. So, for example, the girls in my class who are using wheelchairs, they're not mentally impaired. Mm. They can access the same work as everyone else. Yeah. I've just got to be aware of the fact that they can't walk around. So if there's an activity where I want them to quickly do a scavenger hunt, they won't be able to do that. Yeah. So I'd have to make sure that it's accessible for them. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you did mention behaviour issues. There's a question here. How do you stay in control of a class? Everyone has their own policy. Um, for me, one of the biggest obstacles to overcome was the fact that I looked like a 15-year-old. <laughs> so the girls think I'm You fully friend. don't. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, episode 4 will never air. Go on, go The girls always assume that I'm their friend, and the boys that I've worked with seem to think that they can flirt their way through the lesson. And it's just about having your expectations. Mm -hmm. I have very, very high expectations. Yeah. They do their homework. If they don't, they get, you know... Yeah. Some sort of sanction. I actually feel like I'm being told off right now. How? I don't know. Why Can you, you explain to me oh why you think you're <laughs> <laughs> It's little things. Like, there's no point shouting at kids. They're just going to either shout back or laugh in your face. So just be cool, composed. What department does the teacher work in? And what age range? Ooh, um, I work in science and I work with secondary and sixth formers. So Is 11 there... to... 18 slash 19 year olds. For the sister, that's a teacher, may Allah bless her rizq. Could you ask her to elaborate on how difficult the teaching qualification is to obtain in comparison to her final year as an undergrad? And three things in hindsight she wishes she knew before applying as a teacher. Ooh, okay, um, so let's go with, is it difficult, the PGC, compared to third year uni? It's a really different experience. It's based on the school you're in. So you could go to a school where behaviour is not an issue mm. and you're chilling. chilling. You're yeah. just, actually not chilling, you're perfecting your education delivery. No, 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 you're chilling, you're chilling. <laughs> no, because like the school that I currently work at, there is bad behaviour, but not as bad as other schools. Yeah. So the student teachers we like, your have, school is quite pushing rashy, them. I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> it's about pushing from good to outstanding teaching. Okay, but compared to third year uni, what would you say is harder? Third year uni, you know? It's different though, because you're not, well, you are writing master assignments, so there is that essay element, but it's not okay, so mentally it's... challenging because you're not learning anything new as knowledge base, it's more about skills. Okay. So it's really it's different. Base, yeah, it's a practical it? base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If anything, I would say uni, I guess, because it's really hard to fail your teaching qualification. Yeah. You just extend a term. And three things you knew in hindsight. Let's just go with just one. Actually, what it meant in terms of the workload. Okay. I think because did it surprise you the workload? Yeah, and I nobody really helped me in terms of what I needed to do and what it meant to mark something properly. Do you just tick it and move on? Do you have to write them a little paragraph of what they do to okay, better themselves? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was tricky and I felt mm -hmm. like in my first year I was doing far too much. Yeah. There's a tricky one. Every pupil will discuss rumors about teachers at one point. If this has happened to you, how did it feel? Does it, does it happen? Do, of teach, course it happens. Do kids go, Miss, why are you not married? Or stuff like that. Kids always gossip. They are obsessed about what you're doing at every point yeah. in your life. People, I, I was the children same. are people at the end of the day. They're all, they all love a bit of gossip. Yeah. I kept asking my science teacher if her hair was a wig. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they are no different. They will gossip about everything. 
who's dating who, who's going where. But has anything been said about you? Loads. I think... Does it affect because you? Because I'm young, they want to know every little detail yeah. about me. Yeah. So I look racially ambiguous. So where am I from? Okay. Um, have I got a boyfriend? Because I don't have a ring on my finger. Matty. Am I dating this teacher, that teacher, this receptionist, that guy? Okay. Um, do I'm I go clubbing? Now. Do I do all of this? I'm, I'm like, uncomfortable. I shouldn't have asked that question. It's, 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 you're uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so how do, you, how do you just... You've just got to shrug it off. For yeah. me, I don't discuss anything personal at school. If you are someone who doesn't mind sharing a couple of personal things, then go for it. But as long as you have your boundary and don't seem phased by it, the moment you do, they will latch on. I think you may have mentioned it. What is the biggest difference from city life to teaching? Everything. I hated <laughs> it. <laughs> I really didn't enjoy city life for me. But what if, see, look, people okay. that are listening to this might want to work in the city, so... Then go for it. Don't become a teacher. <laughs> Yeah. But I think, for me, I just didn't enjoy what I did. I didn't find it challenging. I didn't find any purpose to it. I found it just empty. There was okay. no soul to it. Whereas teaching I mean, has soul. In July, has in July, I'm going to be working in the city. You'll be a city. soulless city guy. <sighs> that is it. You will be... It is, there's no passion. There will be. There, no one finds it passionate. Listen, I'm just going to ask some more questions. This has been asked quite a lot. And it is about pay. Mm-hmm. So it, basically all of them are, do you feel like you're overworked and underpaid? As a teacher, I don't think you're underpaid. Comparing it to graduate salaries, the pay for teachers is actually quite decent. However, yeah. those first couple of years, you do feel overworked. But I think it's just about balancing your time, managing your expectations and saying stop at one point to yourself. Mm -hmm. I feel like with teaching, I think there's the illusion that it's underpaid. If you compare how much work you do for the pay, people feel like, oh, we're doing so much. But it's about understanding. You will never get everything done. But they don't will... you feel like there's that similar workload to, in other fields? UBS, I was definitely not working as hard. Swear. 100%. Okay. So in terms of work, there is more work. But I think it's just realising you will never get everything done. Yeah. There will always be more to do. Mm -hmm. But it's just about managing your time going what do i actually need to do yeah if i can do the other stuff great if not what will actually happen nothing that's just a bonus thing i can get mm. done so you've legit just picked the harder profession yeah good on you the rewarding one a random question mm -hmm. not really specific to teaching but you've definitely worked in the in the banking industry in media as well so this definitely has come up is there a compulsion to attend after work socials that may not be suitable islamically um there's a lot of socials that will end up happening in pubs okay so how do you say no i'm sorry i don't go to pubs and then do you feel like it changes anything does it change the atmosphere with your colleagues it, or it, is there more of just like a, okay we respect you for that in terms of the respect levels that doesn't change but you definitely do feel that missing out sensation that you feel like they've definitely bonded or people do discuss business they see it as an opportunity yeah, to kind of yeah. get ahead so what would be your advice over that you so can, you worked for a year there mm -hmm. if you can what get in contact do? with hr or people who create those sort of groups or you can create your own sort of networking yeah group that's that's what the previous you know in episode two ibs he said mm -hmm. you know just 
do your own socials. That's what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, do your own socials. Yeah. There's no rule saying that you have to meet up at a yeah. pub. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah, I, I encourage that. Just be proactive. Another question from the listeners. How would you go about getting experience with children? It's needed for a PGC, but I'm not sure what kind of experience is needed. Experience is needed for all. And even if you're thinking about teaching, I definitely recommend going into a school, whether it's going into your local school, emailing the head teachers of local schools and just asking for a week work experience yeah. or even a few days. Yeah. And they are not going to say no to additional help. So, yeah, just contact local schools, email. Mm-hmm. Or even tutor centres. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tutor centres. You're working with kids. Anywhere that you are working with children is work experience. Mm-hmm. But I would recommend an actual school because you're seeing what a school environment is like. Fire as many questions as you can in terms of their policies, how they deal with behaviour. But guarantee, behaviour management isn't as bad as it seems. Last question from the listeners. How do you make your lessons engaging? Do you have like a style? Um, Are you you textbook, page 64, (laughs) copy out notes, or are you like more interactive whiteboard, playing games... I think it's a variety. Whatever you do, if you do the same thing every single lesson, they're going to get bored. Whether it's a game every lesson, a poster every lesson, textbook every lesson. Variety is the spice of life. <laughs> I'm keeping that in. I'm keeping that in, you know. No! I'm keeping that in. No, you can't. Yeah, you're, you're regretting saying that. You felt like it was funny, but yeah, let's see if everyone else does. And that's all the questions. Woo-hoo. You made it through the podcast. But what I always do at the end of every podcast is I ask my guest, do you have any like parting advice or a message to the listeners? Everyone's basically searching for a job or looking into a career. What would you tell them? I think it's important to remember that everything you do does have a purpose. Life may not be that straightforward journey that you had mapped out when you were a child. I definitely didn't think I'd be investment banking, working in film, then becoming a teacher, as well as briefly in medical school, but it happens. And I appreciate every single skill that I've learned along the way. And it's having that patience and understanding that everything will work out. It may not seem like it, especially when you're going through it. But in hindsight, I wouldn't change a single thing that happened for me. Yeah. Embrace it. Embrace what's going through. See what opportunities you can take forward. Even if you are one of those many students who were unable to get a graduate scheme in your first year, see what you can do in that time whether it's volunteering, if you want to travel, I would say do it. Yeah, so what people definitely can learn from your story is that if they do have an interest in another field, they can actually just go out and do it, like have a taste of it. Go for it. You will never know unless you try. You will live in regret. And even if it doesn't work, you just... Life carries on. You you go back to something else or you do something different. Yeah, yeah, you are never too old. I mean, I was talking about it to members in my department. I'd like to go back into education as in as a student and do a postgraduate in something yeah. at one point. I, I'm the same, to be honest. Yeah, you're yeah. never too old. Yeah. At most, what will happen? Nothing. So what's the one line they can take away? No pain, no gain. Trust yourself. Be patient. Everything works out for a reason. Oh. You may not see that greater picture, but Allah definitely does. And he knows better than you. Perfect. So damn straight is perfect. I love it. Came out of my mouth. <laughs> You're saying it as if there was any other option. You ruined it. Stop. Sorry. So that's the end of episode three of the group chat podcast. Thank you, Sonia, for being here. Thank you for having me. So, in conclusion, you like that one, yeah? Better. Follow the group chat podcast on Twitter. It's We Are GC Podcast. 
make sure you follow on SoundCloud, make sure you subscribe on iTunes. And yeah, that's the end of episode three. Thank you for listening.